We don't need a handful of people doing it perfectly. We need millions of people doing it imperfectly. Welcome to the Life Coach Baker podcast. I'm Nicole Baker, life coach for perfectionists who want to set goals and actually follow through with them. I went to my first personal development seminar at the age of one. Yes, I was quite literally born into this industry. But by 15, I started to implement this mindset mumbo jumbo I'd heard so much about and it worked. As a recovering perfectionist myself, I've been able to set goals that are way out of my comfort zone and achieve them by doing things imperfectly, without self-judgment, and without the fear of their opinions. And now I help others to do the same. So if you are capital D done feeling like a hostage to this a-hole called perfectionism, then this show is for you. My goal is for you to leave each episode with tactical action steps that you can start to implement in your life now. I may be in my 20s. I may have the voice of a sassier Cinderella, but I've been doing this personal development-ish since I was a toddler. So let's dive in. What is up, my sweet friends? Welcome back to another episode of the Life Coach Baker podcast. Today, I am sitting down with Caitlin Youngs, who's the creator of Greenity. And I'm so excited to show you guys this conversation. I've been wanting to do a sustainable living, um, bring in someone who's an expert in that recently. And Caitlin honestly fell out of the sky for me. And it was such an awesome opportunity to chat with her because she's such a she's such a person who believes in doing it imperfectly and it's not like you have to have these strict rules where you only do this and not do that and it's just like she's so she approaches this with such an era of grace and that's what I really was looking for in a podcast guest because especially coming in and approaching this field, it can be really overwhelming and it can feel like, oh my God, there's so many people telling me how I need to live my life. And if I do it wrong, I'm burning in hell. And it's just, I love how she's so about doing it as you, which is imperfect. All of us are so imperfect and just human. And I'm just, I loved getting to chat with her. So before we dive into the episode, here's a little bit about her and her business, Greenity. Greenity is a small food business where Caitlin, who's the owner, focuses on combining the three forces, food, wellness, and sustainability. With Greenity, Caitlin hopes to help people feel more comfortable cooking in their homes with plant-based options to support a more sustainable climate. She does not believe in diet culture. She does not believe in restrictions. She does not believe in rules or the word, quote, healthy or even perfectionism when it comes to food. Can you tell why she was a perfect guest for this podcast? Everyone holds a different relationship with food and cooking is certainly not a one-size-fits-all. Greenity teaches online cooking classes that are personalized to each participant, and she promotes a fun, messy, playful cooking experience for everyone, and she specializes in vegan cooking and hopes to inspire her audience to try new things as often as they can. Without further ado, please welcome Caitlin Youngs of Greenity. Welcome, Caitlin, to the Life Coach Baker podcast. Hello, hello. I'm excited to talk to you. Me too. I've only ever done one podcast before. Oh yeah? Was it recent or? Um, No, it was actually like moments after I made all the decisions to start my business. So it was kind of like the first time talking about it out loud ever, but it, it was good because when people ask you questions, it kind of like extracts 
things from you like a sponge. So I think it's really good. 100%. I actually did something very similar. When I first started my business, my friend had a podcast. She's like, I want to have you on. And I was like, Oh my God, like, what am I going to talk about? But it was so fun and so easy. Yeah. And then I was like, I'm going to start my own. But before we get ahead of ourselves, who are you and what do you do? My name's Caitlin. I own a business called Greenity. It's a small food business, small biz. And my whole goal with Greenity, and it's all centered around food justice and access to food. And um, that can sound really heavy, but really my ultimate goal is to just help people feel comfortable cooking in their kitchens, um, moving towards a more sustainable and climate-friendly lifestyle in the kitchen, which can also sound really heavy. All those words can be really heavy words. So I'm just trying to create a lighter feel around cooking and sustainable eating. I hate to use the word veganism. We'll get into that a lot, but um, yeah, just you, accessibility in the kitchen. How did you get into that specific world? Cause we were just talking beforehand and you were saying you're the, you're the hippie dippy of the family. How did you find this? How did you find this lifestyle for yourself? Um, it, it started really, really slowly. And I think, um, I grew up in the Midwest. So I grew up around eating a lot of beef and pork and meat and potatoes. Um, and that was just the culture. And I have farmer family agriculture as, is my family's whole background. Um, and that's like a really layered world agriculture is, but, and I don't know much about it, frankly, but, um, when I moved to the East coast, I was opened up to a lot of other foods that I never grew up around. There's a lot more culture and food than I ever knew. So I think I kind of just hit this point where I was like, holy shit, I don't just need to eat burgers and potatoes for every (laughs) meal. Um, Like there's other foods. So I started exploring new foods. And then the more I thought about it and the more I was kind of like digging into my deeper self, I'm like, I really feel wrong eating animals. Um, and I always have, and I don't know what that means. I don't know what, where I'm going with that. So I just kind of started, um, learning more about it, following more people that seemed to fit into these values that I was learning. I had on social media. Um, and then it kind of just slowly started happening and I gave up one thing at a time. I gave up red meat and then I gave up poultry and then I just sort of trickled from there. Um, and I did it all very imperfectly. Like I allowed myself to make mistakes and like, yeah, there's, it's, it's a really like difficult process. And I think we'll probably get into that too. When we talk about perfectionism with it, but, um, when the, I think one of the hardest things was talking to my family about it because, there's a whole like social anxiety that comes with changing a big part of your lifestyle, like your diet or um, going cruelty-free or low waste, whatever it is, there's a big social aspect to it. So I was really nervous to tell my heavy meat eating family about it. And honestly, they kind of reminded me, like when I was a kid, I used to sit outside of our house on a blanket with all my stuffed animals and have like seances with my animals and like, (laughs) and like talk about how I wanted to free all the animals from zoos and like I was doing that from a very young age so I think I've always just kind of been like a one with earth kind of totally 
person. I just didn't know it because I was never surrounded by it. Um, so yeah, I think it was just, it didn't happen overnight. Um, the more I talked to people that I grew up around, they were like, yeah, you've always been like this. So it, it truly makes sense that you are now finding this, finding yourself, um, connecting to animals and nature and all that stuff. So yeah, then I, I don't know. I just turned it into a business because I guess that's what we do in our twenties. We, we're like, I guess this is now how I make money. So I feel like that's such a, our generational thing because, you know, I was actually talking to one of my entrepreneur friends. We were saying how we're like that, the us like young millennials, we're kind of in that awkward stage between growing up with parents who were like the nine to five, get the security, get the like, um, insurance, all that kind of stuff, like stick to that, stick into it until you're 60. And then you die. Like we grew up with that, that idealism, if you will. But now there's this whole new era of like, you can make money doing what you love. You can, uh, become a coach. You can become a curator. You can become someone who teaches people these things and make money doing it on the internet and through, especially the virtual world that we live in now. And we're kind of like in this in-between where it's like, ah, like so awkward, but the more and more I've learned our, our generation, especially leans into it. The, it's all, it's so funny. Always the happier those people are because they're doing what they love. They're doing what they're passionate about rather than building someone else's dream. And I just think that is so, I love interviewing people who have done that because I, I know, I don't know if this is the same for you, Caitlin, but when I was starting my business, hearing from other people who had done the thing as imperfectly as they possibly could was so inspiring. Yeah. And it usually is. I don't, I don't know where we get the idea that it happened overnight and it happened so perfectly and, and they didn't work part-time jobs while they did it uh, or whatever it is. Um, I don't know where, where that idea comes from, but it comes with it. And I think, I think the only overnight part I experienced, I don't know if this is about to make sense, but the only overnight part I experienced is like snapping out of that and realizing like, okay, we're just going to go day by day from here on out. I'm no longer going to like have these insane expectations and we're just going to go for it. Do you hear that listeners? That can be possible. <laughs> like That's totally possible. And I honestly, I agree. Like there was a, there was an in the moment decision where I just decided I'm not going to make this harder on myself. And and you and I both work with Delaney Fisher as our coach. And it was 100% when I started working with Delaney, those first few months when I made that decision, because I had that external person to be like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, stop putting these expectations and be like, really like not lower them, but m- make life easier for yourself. And it was so much more fun. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, she, she was the sort of catalyst to start, I don't know if that's the right word. She set off Greenity um, in a really early stage because I had this extra Instagram page and this dream in my head in college of like writing a book about, I don't even know. I think like a self-help book is what I was dreaming of and journaling about in college. And so I had this other Instagram page set aside for that sort of thing. And then Delaney started this vegan group um, kind of like a beta tested guide to veganism or like intro to, to a vegan lifestyle group with like five of us. And I had already sort of adopted a little bit of a vegan diet 
So I was doing a little bit, but I didn't know anything about beauty products, household products, clothing. I didn't know anything about that world. So it was kind of the perfect group to all like share and combine forces. And since I had already been so involved in my kitchen and cooking vegan food, that was sort of where I was sharing tips and my experiences. Um, and everybody in the group was like, you should start an Instagram page for your food. And I was like, okay, no, but like, (laughs) and then I sort of just like evolved that extra Instagram page I had into that. Mm -hmm. And then I started working with Delaney. I was like, Hey, uh, I think I really like this and I think I want to make this a thing. So let's do this. So shout out to Lainey Fisher. <laughs> She's the freaking best. Well, I want to, so I want to really dive into Greenity. Like what, what all does Greenity do? What all do you provide? Um, give us a little deep dive. Yeah. So it's still very much in the beginning phases of it. Um, and because I started it during the pandemic, the panini, uh, <laughs> It's completely online, but I really am starting to it and it's it's comfortable online. I'm very comfortable with an online business. I think there's so much opportunity for it. And we're so lucky to have that option. Um, but now I'm trying to shift my mindset into, okay, what can I do locally in my community in person? How can I make this a a tangible like in-person thing? Um And that's kind of hard because when you start as an, I feel like it's easier to shift from an in-person thing to an online business. Maybe I've never done that, of course, but doing the other is a little bit difficult. Um, So anyway, it's an online business right now. I teach online cooking classes um, and I do it by group size kind of. So I teach one-on-one or I do like date nights or group of friends. Um, And I'm actually in the middle of like, changing all of this up because I also do weekly cook-alongs. So technically right now my um, cooking classes are brunch specific um, because I'm very much like a breakfast fanatic. I, my end goal is to have a like vegan breakfast food truck that I can just (gasps) all over the place. I I love that. It'd be so fun. Um, But it's so much money. So we're going to get there one day. Yeah, girl. Um, so yeah, those are brunch specific, but I'm working on making those sort of whatever people want them to be and making them a lot more customizable and personalized and, um, fit to whoever's cooking with me, fit to their lifestyle and their preferences and their dietary needs. But yeah, I also do weekly cook alongs that are simple, like $5 to join. And we just, we do a meal every week of the month. Um, And then I'm also doing full moon dinners. So I paired up with a good friend of mine who's a witch and practices witchcraft and knows a lot about astrology and zodiac, the whole world that I know nothing about. But I'm really fascinated by like the lunar phases and the moon. And I'm like, can we do something with this? Can we like combine food and astrology and whatever and do something with that so last night we actually had our first full moon dinner and that was really cool um yeah so I'm kind of doing a bunch of whatever like online cook-alongs guide guiding things I can do yeah something I I love about your approach to this and I want listeners to really get nailed in the head with is you're allowing things to come your way and you're allowing to like, you're allowing yourself to try things and like, see what you like, see what works, see what like 
maybe you want to twist and stuff like that. And a lot of the times among the perfectionist community, I notice, especially as business owners, it's like, we make a decision because we know that's going to, that's how it's going to be for the rest of our life. We have to make that decision. So it has to be perfect. And it's like, I really want listeners to hear that that's not how a sustainable, happy, fulfilling business goes. Like you have to give yourself the grace and the opportunity to just try a bunch of shit. Right. See what works. And honestly, when you allow yourself to do that, it's really fun. <laughs> like you're allowed to have fun with this. It is. Yeah. And that really wasn't my decision. Um, I have been a little bit of a perfectionist and it's hard not to just try to go for the end goal. Mm-hmm. So it was hard for me not to just say, I'm going to start Greenity and I'm going to get a food truck. Um, but that really didn't make sense because I haven't built up an audience. I don't know really what I'm doing. I don't know if this is something I'm actually good at. Mm-hmm. So it really took a lot of people telling me like, Hey, we're interested in cooking classes. We would love to do an online cooking class. Is that yeah. something you could do? So it, yeah, I had to like really, um, teach myself to listen. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and I, I think that's so important because so, so often we hear these stories about people who like, I quit my nine to five. Uh, like on a Tuesday, I started a food truck on a Wednesday, I'm making a hundred million dollars on a Thursday. And it's like, that's, first of all, I love listening to those stories because I always tried to read between the lines because there's always a few words and they're sprinkled in, but they'll say, and then six months later, but we never hear that part because our brains aren't focusing on those. We're focusing on the sexy words, like a hundred million dollars. Yeah. There's always those and then six months later, and then three months later, and then five years later. And like, there's always those little parts in the story, but our brains just aren't listening to them because it's not deemed important. And our brains only listen to what's deemed important. Right. So I think, I thank you for bringing that up because no one is an overnight success. What's the, what's the, uh, the quote, it takes 10 years to become an overnight success. Is that it? I think maybe that sounds, that it's a sexy saying because I'm like, Oh, Oh, that's real. Like, yeah. And yet we're all expecting that like perfect lifestyle to be on a Thursday when we quit our nine to five on a Tuesday, like, right. And it's just, that's not, that's not how it works. And thank God, like if we had that much stuff happen in that short amount of time, we'd be in straight jackets. We are not equipped to handle that much information intake. Oh, I know that's a lot. It's Yeah all of this for me has happened too over the span of of four or five months. So even this has been like rapid change. And I sometimes don't feel equipped for it because it doesn't only change like my mindset and my life structure, um, like waking up at eight and feeling like I need to check emails or do whatever I used to do. I don't even remember what I used to do, frankly, but (laughs) not only did it change that, but it changed like structural life things. It changed like finances, obviously. Um, my relationship with my partner, like we're still working through a lot of expectations that he has for my new life. And it, yeah, we're not biologically built to go through that much change that quickly. And it takes time. And I do appreciate the world that we're in now where people are being a lot more transparent and a lot of, um, influencers that I love, are the ones who admit like, yeah, I did do this overnight or whatever it was, but 
I had a trust fund from my mm. grandparents or I had help from friends who paid my rent or mm. I lived on couches or I got a loan for $10,000 that I pay or whatever it is. Like people saying how they did it logistically is so helpful for me that I'm like, okay, everybody has different circumstances. Yeah. It's all good. Exactly. Yeah. I want to, I want to touch on that, like all or nothing, that perfectionism mind when it comes to approaching a massive lifestyle change, like veganism or like low, low waste living. I would love to touch on that and what your thoughts on there. Yeah. Um, so bottom line is it doesn't work for low waste living. (laughs) It just work. Thank Um, you. (laughs) And my absolute favorite quote that taught me this and that I live by is by zero waste chef. And I typed her name. So I would remember it. Anne Marie Bonneau, I'm guessing, but no, I don't know how to say it, but zero waste chef. She's wonderful. I believe she lives in Canada. Um, She said, we don't, okay, and this is probably paraphrasing, but it was something like, we don't need a handful of people doing it perfectly. We need millions of people doing it imperfectly. So my example of that is doing something as simple as like wiping up a mess with a dish towel rather than a paper towel, whatever it is. Um, And of course that has its own consequences, whatever, but not not getting into every day being like, okay, how can I be zero waste? How can I eliminate all plastic? How can I, whatever, making mistakes and being okay with it because we live in a world that doesn't cater to low waste living or veganism. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And so it, it is imperfect. It is totally imperfect because we're living in a system that doesn't support a lifestyle that is sustainable. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what are your, what are some of your like favorite, I like to call them 2% shifts, like those teeny tiny steps that when done consistently can make a big difference. Mm, that's a really good question. Honestly, veganism is one of them and that's a loaded word. So when I say veganism, I mean like switching out one meal a week, not even one whole day, one meal. So it's uh, buying almond milk and using that in your cereal or vegan butter, um, like tiny, tiny little shifts. And that becomes its own like tiny snowball that like once you do it, it's a habit thing. And uh, Delaney was really helpful when she, when I started learning about veganism from her a little bit, like making that change at the grocery store, like instead of getting this butter, I'm going to get this butter. Instead of getting this milk, I'm going to get this milk. Totally. Um, And those are really like common examples that I think the world's going through now, but again, I'm from the Midwest, big dairy people. So (laughs) it was hard for me to like make those kinds of shifts. Um, and that's, those are all food related, but other like lifestyle changes, um, cutting back on paper towels, using regular towels instead, or reusable towels, water bottles. (laughs) It's funny because it's all the stuff that we know that we hear about, like and yet I, I like to, I like to phrase it like this. It's something we cognitively know. It's something we've like got going on in between our brains, but until we're implementing it in our life, we don't fully know it. Right. And that can work in any and all areas of personal development and any and all areas of lifestyle change. When right. we cognitively know something like I know that single use water bottles aren't great, right. but when I'm, Oh no, I'm out and about, I really need some water. I'm dehydrated. I'll just grab one this once. And it's like, 
I don't think we should demonize like, you know, like, oh my God, I did it once. I'm going to go to rotten hell and like stuff like that. But like, oh, you know, I know now when I go out grocery shopping, let's bring a water bottle. That'll really help me. And I started doing that and I was like, oh my gosh, not only am I more hydrated, I have a clearer mind. I have like, I'm a better thinker because hydration is literally linked to brain health so much, but also I'm not buying those single use things at all. Yeah. And speaking of the grocery store, that's another, um, like simple shift and a habit shift is instead of using those plastic produce bags, don't put anything in a bag that doesn't need to be, unless it's like Brussels sprouts, mushrooms, like things that are like beans. Um, but wash it when you get home. I mean, it doesn't need to be in its own bag separately. Um, there's also like reusable bags that you can buy. And that's another layered world is like, okay, now we have all these brands selling sustainable reusable products but their brands like Amazon or Walmart so it's like we're still kind of but again that's it's all just the system that we operate in and that we live in and that uh I mean capitalism I don't know we can (laughs) go down a lot of that's a whole other podcast episode (laughs) and a lot of it has to do with legislators so legislature so like recycling is just another complete onion of a topic because it it's like it doesn't work and like that's usually because there's no funding there's no uh human capital around it so what we think we're recycling doesn't actually get recycled landfills are a mess and I don't know I have a friend that I'll plug Anna Burrell who talks a lot about um like granular sustainability and how to like get involved with as local as like your neighborhood like who to talk to in your city to like really figure out the system that you're in specifically but that's hard because we think of it as a global thing all the time <laughs> well i was even reading a, a box recently because i thought this uh, there's this one thing that i have pretty often that i always assumed was recyclable it was a box boxes I, in my head, I was like, boxes equal recyclable. Yep. And I, one day I was like, I actually want to check this out. And I like started looking around for it. And it was saying like, might be recyclable, call your local recycling institution. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, what is this? Like, I had no idea that there's like different recycling levels and stuff like that. And I mean, I'm in Chicago in a major city and unfortunately recycling is not a high priority here, which sucks. And I really, yeah. I'm moving to another state that is much more recycling friendly, which I'm very excited. So hooray for Colorado. But I, it was just one of those like dawning realizations. Like I had no idea and it would only have taken that like one little look to see if this is a yay or a nay. And I probably recycled like 25, 30 of those things. And I was like, fuck, (laughs) like, cause doesn't it, it ruins the whole recycling bag. Am I crazy? I think so. It depends where you're at, but yeah, if there's liquid and things, if there's remnants of food, if there's labels, sometimes, um, sometimes the glue that the labels are. So really we leave it up to corporations and the companies that package those products. Um, and it's just kind of a mess because, uh, yeah, we're all like communicating with the wrong people about it and Yeah. And companies mm-hmm. can greenwash and tell us that they're that they're using green practices when they're not. I don't know. 
Oh God. How do you find out? Like I, I genuinely, I genuinely don't know. I, I don't know either. There's so I guess it's kind of, it's a lot of like voting with your dollar. So it's like, if you feel like you're supporting a business that's not sustainable and that's not green, um, Amazon's a big example of that, of course, but, um, then to just not be a consumer of that, of that brand. Um, and that, that is like a shitty feeling because it's like, okay, now it's up to us as consumers to, to make all these changes when, this is a much higher level thing that could be changed and worked on, but the responsibility is on everybody. So I think we just have to take responsibility, like one thing at a time as consumers, but that's like a huge privilege to even say, because Amazon is a lot of people's only options or McDonald's is a lot of people's only options. So yeah. Yeah. What are your thoughts on like the, I'm totally on the fly with this question, but like on the things like impossible burger and beyond meat, stuff like that. What are your thoughts on those? I've heard controversial things. I know I have two and I'm very much not in. So I like to, but when I start cooking classes or release anything new um, with greenity, I like to preface it that with, I'm not a professional in the culinary where I wasn't trained professionally, educationally as a culinary chef, whatever. Um, I'm not a scientist. I'm not an environmentalist. Everything that I learned and know is fully from experience or influencers on the internet. (laughs) (laughs) So I hear a lot of controversy about like toxins and poison and um, that it's not a more sustainable shift and all that. So I think my thoughts land on the same thing that I think about meat and it's like everything in moderation. Yeah. Like, I think it's great that impossible and beyond came out with alternatives for people. Um, I think it's the same as like kosher alternatives, gluten-free alternatives. It's just another thing for people that don't eat meat. Yeah. Um, But it is very soy packed. It's very processed. Mm -hmm. It's not, I hate using the word healthy, but objectively it's, probably like it's not something you'd want to eat every single day totally but it's like such a dope thing that like fast food restaurants can now offer people and it's very accessible and it's I'm seeing it everywhere and I'm like this is pretty cool yeah um but yeah I just I get really fascinated with the fact that um as a human race we're so obsessed with like I don't I haven't really put much thought into this but I am really fascinated with like the fact that we need it to look like a hamburger and we yeah. need the vegan cheese. We need it to look like shredded cheese. Um, it's like, we need it to look and feel and be the same, even though it's not the same. I just, I'm very interested in that. And I have um, a theory about okay. that. Um, our brains, we have something called the law of familiarity, mm-hmm. which literally means like the more we become familiar with something, the more it kind of fades into the background. I like to use the example of like a fridge magnet. When I first get a fridge magnet or like a new, like save the date card from a friend getting married, I'll put it on my fridge. And every time I go to the fridge and open something up, I see it every single time. Like, I'm like, Oh, they're getting married. And then eventually down the line, it starts to fade into the background. 
the same thing works with food. It's just a, like, it, it, it is very similar, but it literally is like the more we see cheese, the more we see shredded cheese, the more we're like, I know exactly what cheese feels like and tastes like and should do to myself. So my brain is like, oh, it's cheese. I know exactly what cheese is like. It like stores that little pocket in our brain that says, this is cheese. Cheese tastes like this. And the more it like looks like that and the more it, uh, even if it's not cheese, it'll still, wow, let me rephrase. If it's still there and it looks like cheese, even if it's not cheese, it'll still send that same sort of uh, connection to our brain that says, ah, cheese. Mm -hmm." And like, it'll have that same kind of reaction. Sure, it might taste a little bit different, but it'll be a lot closer to cheese because our brain associates that color, that style, that texture with cheese. That's my guess. No, that makes sense. People are very comfortable and very set in what they know and what they love. So yeah, yeah. I'm attracted to it too. I mean, it works. Yeah. (laughs) It's a lot of marketing. It's a lot of Mm -hmm. consumer. It, It works. Yeah. If you're enjoying this episode, I've got some options that will help you get to the next level. First, I have a free five-day mindset makeover to help you gain the mindset tools that will last a lifetime. Get yours in the link below and you can start today. Now, if physical and mental health is more your jam and you need some major accountability to move forward with your goals, I have a membership community, Lift, that will be right up your alley. Learn more by clicking Lift below. However, if you want the cream of the crop, high-touch one-on-one support, and if you want to create some massive change in your life, then my one-on-one coaching program is just for you. Click the discovery call link below to schedule a free 30-minute one-on-one session with me. Now, back to the episode. 100%. Yeah, I don't I don't think it's problematic um, all of these replacement foods I don't know. I think people just like something to be upset about or people. <laughs> yeah, <that's true. laughs> yeah, but it's, it's an alternative. And I think that's exciting. I really yeah. like cooking with, um, alternatives to those alternatives. Mm-hmm. So like, we're going to use a meat replacer, but not beyond meat or impossible meat. Um, what are some of your favorites? Um, veg- any vegetable that's like meaty. So like eggplant mushrooms are a big meat replacer, zucchini is a big meat replacer um jackfruit is really cool um chickpeas any kind of bean really but yeah I like trying to use all those things to also recreate the texture of meat like I'm not um because yeah familiarity I I fully understand that people have an expectation and there's a reason that we like meat and that we like other animal products so how can we recreate that with something as simple as a portobello mushroom or totally. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I will, I would love to talk about your back, back to your initial introduction to this world. Did you have any like mind, like what was going on with mindset stuff? Like, were you having trouble going into all or nothing or was it a really like step-by-step process and you were allowing yourself to have that grace. Could you just kind of paint us a picture of what that was like for you? Mm -hmm. I think I'm still going through it too, because it's very new to me. So, um, yeah, it did start out all or nothing and it started out, um, a lot of it had to do with the pandemic too. I wasn't sure what I was able to do. 
um, because in my mind it was food truck, restaurant, um, vendor at a market. Like yeah. it was a lot of in-person stuff that I'm like, I don't even think I can do that for who knows how long. Mm-hmm. So I had to do a lot of shifting there and a lot of changing of expectations and yeah. So now I'm kind of in the phase of taking things little by little. Mm-hmm. And one of my biggest goals right now um, that I just said out loud for the first time, like a week ago was that I really want to gain follow followers on Instagram and I want to hit a million followers. I don't know when it's not a smart goal. I don't have all the details. <laughs> it's like, you know, me, it's like my instant. I'm like, okay, like, let's make it specific. Let's make it measurable. <laughs> yeah, no, I, uh, there's a lot of gaps in that goal, but, um, I really had to break it down and say like, okay, how am I going to hit a thousand followers? Like let's mm-hmm. start small. So I'm trying to do a lot more of that and get really granular with, with all these different things and approaches that I want. But I'm also just kind of like throwing shit into the universe and just seeing what happens. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Oh my. That's the thing is like, I've, I've noticed among perfectionists and I noticed this not consciously when I was deep in perfectionism, but now I can see it in hindsight was perfectionists, especially when it comes to creating these big, hairy, scary, audacious goals. It's like, they want to control every single little ounce of it and releasing it into the universe and saying, Hey, I, this is what I want. Let's see what happens. Like releasing that control rather than being like, okay, I'm going to do this for this five minutes of the day, this, this, for this an hour and five minutes, like, you know, like really chunking it down almost to a detrimental point where you're like living life like this and that ability to just like release is not a strategy. It's not a, something you can just like, it's a practice is what I'm trying to say. It's something to just continually say to yourself, like I'm releasing this to the universe. I'm releasing this to God. I'm releasing this to spirit. Like I do not have to control everything. And that I'm, I'm really on this high horse this month. Like this whole idea of abundance and this whole idea of fulfillment is what we all want. And yet we can't, I, I hate to say it so blanketly, but we can't have it if we're like this all the time. Right. And I love that you were just able to be like, I'm just going to see what happens. Like, and I don't know if that's a new thing for you or anything like that, but I love that you say that because that's so important. It's very new and it takes a lot of reminders from people around me that mm-hmm. it is very much my personality. Um, people know me as easygoing and chill, which is so funny to me because I have like diagnosed panic and anxiety disorders. So I'm yeah. like, I'm not chill at all. I'm <laughs> medicated, <laughs> but I do have like a very calm spirit and a very mm-hmm. calm like demeanor with people. So it takes a lot of reminders from people around me and I have to also, I have to listen. I not a good, I'm not a great listener. I'm working on it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Well, in the last, my last question for you is what are some resources? I know we kind of touched on like physical resources. What are some like human resources or, um, books or anything like that for people who are wanting to dip their toe and really start to take this step by step? I mean, follow Greenity on Instagram. She's very obviously. <laughs> um, she's very into dipping your toes. We're we're starting from scratch, but I would say, um, 
I use a lot of Instagram resources. Instagram is my resource for everything. I really love Sophia Rowe. She is kind of also one of the top people that helped me start this thing. She's a chef in Brooklyn um, that does a lot of really cool content. And she kind of set this idea in me for Greenity that I want to cook food with people and I want to cook food for people eventually. Um, that just happens to be vegan. I really want like a, a mindset for people to like make something and then share it with people or eat it and be like, Oh my God, this is so good. Oh, and by the way, it just happens to be vegan. Um, I really love that idea. And Sophia is really about that. And she's really, she talks a lot about food justice and like privilege in sustainability and climate change and it's, she's really educational and really cool. Um, I also really like queer brown vegan. I don't know his actual name, but that's his username. Uh, also very educational platform. Zero Waste Chef is really good for teaching really accessible quick tips. Um, a lot of, these are all like food people too, because that's mm -hmm. the world that I'm in. But um, Zero Waste Chef, she shares a lot of food preservation and food waste and scraps and tips like that, that I just find really helpful. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sometimes I also just go through, I'll, I'll find somebody that I really like and admire and I'll go through who they follow and <laughs> just follow from yeah. there. I'm like, okay, where do they get their inspiration? And then I just kind of spiral, honestly. <laughs> Last question I have for you, Caitlin, is I know you have something coming out in the in the coming months, and I'd love to hear a little bit about it. I'd love to have listeners know a little bit more about it. Um, yes. So I'm creating a, it's called a guide to veganism. So I'm also very obsessed with like cutting labels and making little vernacular changes in our language. Mm -hmm. um, so of course the word veganism is very sexy. It's a marketing word it it works yeah um so as as hard as i'm trying to cut it out of my vocabulary i can't because it's what people search for it's what people okay. know so i'm just changing it to veganism because i okay. consider myself to be like a soft vegan vegan ish vegan adjacent whatever um so i'm making a guide sort of like an intro beginner dip your toes in um start where you are little thing to veganism, vegan isham, it will be a combination of like short videos from me with tips on like how to make things from scratch that we should be making from scratch at home, um, shopping tips, how to exist in a grocery store, like things as simple as like shopping from store or market to kitchen, and then what to do when you're in your kitchen. So oh my gosh, working on that and Hopefully that is roughly finished by May, um, sometime mid-May. I'm hoping to release that. So awesome. And then I'm also going to, I'm working on selling with it, reusable grocery bags and produce bags. So there'll be some tangible items to come with it as well. Oh, I love that. Caitlin, thank you so much. This was so fun having you. We always ask uh, guests on the podcast two questions, and that is, how did you get in your own way this week? And what is a small goal that is worth celebrating? Ooh, 
how did I get in my own way? Actually, okay, I have gotten in my own way a little bit. I just started a part-time job as a waitress and um, I haven't really been behaving in that space very well. I don't do well in a bar scene because I say yes to everything. And I've worked in bars and restaurants a lot over the last 10 years. So, you know, uh, when you're on a shift in a bar, people offer you shots all the time and I should be saying no, because I need to, I need to (laughs) save some energy for myself later, but I don't know how to say no. So I've really gotten in my way with like losing sleep, getting drunk in the middle of the day or morning. Uh, (laughs) And I just feel like I need to, uh, get a hold of that that a little bit um does that count that totally counts and I'll actually I'll actually tell you a story so I just last year around this time actually quit my very last um waitressing job I had been waitressing for 12 12 years at that point too long too long in my book like way too long being in the restaurant industry you know it's it's really draining and I was working at this place that originally I had signed up for that I thought was going to be like this really like kind of high classy. It was for one of like, it was an iron chef and it was like opening and it was just, it had a lot of buzz around it and it instantly became a club. Wow. I was not a fun person to be around. I was all, I'm not a club person. I left that life a while ago. That's just not who I am anymore. And I would just always, I would let it drain my energy so much. And I would come home and my fiance would be like, are you okay? And I'm like, I'm angry. I'm so mad. Like blah, blah, blah. For like no reason other than the fact that I was just in that environment. And I immediately was like, can I switch to morning shifts? I can't do this anymore at night. I need to change my situation. Mm -hmm. And that small change, it like changed so much in my life. And I'm, I don't know, I don't know obviously what your restaurant is or if they even have that, but like, that was just like, I was so, I, I feel that like, it's so hard being surrounded by that community to, to stay true to who you are. Like it's, I, I feel that on a whole spiritual level. <laughs> yeah. And it, it's very fun, but yeah, you get completely wrapped up in it. There's so much drama always so much drama. Yeah. It's not really something that you can like go and leave there. Mm-hmm. Um, which I knew getting myself into, I was like, I need this for, I don't know how much time, hopefully like less than six months, but so I'm allowing myself to do it for as long as I need to like pay rent and stuff. But yeah, I, I do feel lucky that this time around I'm very self-aware and this is only my, whatever day it was, this was like my second or third shift this weekend there. So I'm allowing myself to just kind of go through that. But yeah, I really, If I'm going to keep doing this, I got to like really, uh, manage it a little bit better, but the fact, I mean, you just said it like awareness is the first step to change always. And like, you can't change anything you're not aware of. And to be able to be like, okay, I know that pattern that I have and I recognize the signs of it. Like I, like I can tweak it from here. Like you're so, you're so wickedly smart. Like, honestly, (laughs) I also, um, this won't be my small goal, but like yesterday I did a day shift and I finished at like four 30 and my natural instinct, I was like, well, I'm going to sit at the bar and have a couple drinks and then go home. 
And I went home instead of doing all that. And I didn't realize it until I got home. I was like, I didn't even stay to have a drink. Like that is, that's a little win. That's a little win, Caitlin. It's <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> but, but um, my small win or my small goal that has happened already this week is last night was my, our first uh, full moon dinner mm-hmm. and only two people came, but it was perfect. It was like, everybody was so connected. We talked about the moon. We learned a lot about lunar phases. We learned a lot about a Scorpio moon specifically and what that means right now and how that connects to like how we're all feeling. And it was, what does that, what does that mean out of curiosity? Cause I have no idea. Scorpio moon is like very intense and very sexual and very, um, emotional. So, I was under the impression that these full moon dinners were going to be very emotional and very like deep, which kind of made me a little nervous because I'm already an emotional person. I don't need like another excuse to get crazy and emotional. <laughs> Ew, I hate the word crazy. I hate that I said that, but um, I was completely wrong. Like last night, it was very cool and emotional, but it was so exciting. Like we were all so energetic and so this is like a very exciting moon shift and it's also a super moon. Um, so tonight we're recording this on, um, April 26th when the super moon is happening. So you might feel like shifts in your adrenaline. You might feel very strongly emotional. Um, in what, whatever way that is, it might be really like sad, might be really angry, might be really happy, like whatever you're feeling, it's going to be intensified. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of, uh, let's see, Chell was telling us to really try to focus on what you desire and what you, what pleasures you, um, mm. because we're also facing the Taurus sun and the Taurus is very much about pleasure. You know, yeah, that's what I took. That's what I learned from it. That's about my cap of, of my understanding, but. That makes I, sense though. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've been having a lot of adrenaline the last few days. So I'm like, that makes sense. I'm very high energy, which could only mean a crash is coming, but that's okay. We'll take it. (laughs) I was literally, I was just saying to Caitlin and this is, this is probably going to come out next week, but I was just saying to Caitlin that, um, my sister is literally right now in the hospital, like about to pop out a kid. Like, well, like, you know, you know, it's so, it's so up in the air with that, but I've like noticed my whole day. I'm just like buzzing, like just like sheer buzzing energy. And it's just like, I honestly, I, I don't know a whole lot about the moon cycles, but whenever I hear about them, I'm just like, Ooh, Ooh, that rings true. That's interesting. Like it's, it's just so fascinating how, how we are all just so connected to this. Like it's just, yeah. Yeah. And it was really cool to hear about what we should be focusing on and connecting on. And it was, uh, Chubb was saying a lot about um, I'm going to plug them quick. Chelba Wamba. It's C-H-E-L-B-A-W-A-M-B-A. Um, on awesome Instagram, <laughs> they do so many cool things. Um, they make prayer candles. They do tarot readings, very cool things. Check them out. But they were saying how this is a really important time to like focus on what brings you joy, what you desire, and just like really figure out what you need to do to get there. So yeah. Wow. Last night was like a really cool, cool thing that, and it, especially on a Sunday night. So it just kind of like 
kicked my ass for the week. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so I, I have one last question. And that is what did you guys make for, for the full moon dinner? Ooh, we made, so I looked a lot about, I looked up a lot about like Scorpio moon food and colors and textures and like things that you should be craving and doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a lot of like spicy comfort, diverse mm-hmm. in texture foods. So we made spicy chickpea and sweet potato lettuce wraps with a maple chili sauce. What? <laughs> oh my God. That's a lot. Um, but A, it was like a really cheap meal and most of us already had everything on hand. Um, and B, it was like really fun and delicious and exactly all those things. It was spicy. It was diverse in texture. It was, it was lovely. I love that. And this yeah. is only, it's only $5 to join a cook along for this. Um, weekly cook alongs. Yeah. So I do just simple weekly cook alongs just for people to learn one new meal a week. Um, I compare it a little bit to like HelloFresh and Blue yeah. Apron, but the only difference is it's a lot more self-involved. So the, the parts that people usually hate, like going to the grocery store and doing all the prep, um, I think that's kind of a bonus. Like you get to just try this out once a yeah. week and learn something new. Um, so full cool. moon dinners are $10. Cause Chelb does their, their witchy stuff. That is cool. Oh my goodness. And all of this is on your, in, on your Instagram. So everyone listening, go check her out. Cause it's like, what a fun opportunity. I love, I love learning new like dishes and stuff like that. And th- but to also have that like element of connection through like learning from another person and like actually talking to another person, like we're all craving so much of that right now. So I just thank yeah. you for what you do. This is such a cool thing that you bring into the world. You. And yeah, the cool thing about the cook alongs is they're really, they're pretty small and intimate right now. So uh, I think the most we've had on one is 11 people and everybody. So what I like to say about these things is like, everybody has something to gain from these, but everybody has something to offer. So like I've, the cool thing about cooking with me is, and I'm just getting used to self-promotion. So it's weird for me to say that sentence, but the cool thing about cooking with me is I'm kind of learning in real time too. So I'm completely open to learning from other people and I'm completely open to teaching people. So like, if you have something to offer, get your ass on these things because I learn. <laughs> I love that. Oh my goodness. And yes, I'm um, side plug, but I love that you are saying it's weird to start self-promoting because a lot of people don't talk about that. Like when you start a business and you like, especially if, if you're like super new at it, like, and you start to like self-promote, there's like a little part of you that's like, oh, like, what is this? But it, I love that you're so vulnerable with that. Cause not a lot of people talk about how weird the beginning feeling is. It is weird. And if you've ever done like a sales job or a mm-hmm. call job, like you're talking about something else and you're promoting something else. So we're never, yeah, we're never taught to talk about ourselves, especially women. So heard that. Yes. Voice. Oh my goodness. Yes. Well, Caitlin, thank you so much. This was awesome. I just thank oh. you so much for being here. Thank you, Nicole. And best of luck and congrats to your sister. Thank you. Oh my goodness. I adore her. (laughs) She's so real. She's so down to earth. And I just appreciate that she's just a no bullshit human being, which is my real jam. So 
Like we always do with interviews, let's talk about some major takeaways. Number one, things don't happen overnight. There are part-time jobs, there are lots of ups and downs, but the one thing that you can decide on any moment and decide and decide and decide again is to release the expectations that you put on yourself. Number two, work with a coach. If you are able to do it because it will take their decades and their months and months and months and years and years and years of work and turn it into your days. Number three, you're allowed to try shit and just try it, not worry about it being a full-time life decision. Number four, check out Zero Waste Chef. They say, we don't need a whole handful of people doing it perfectly. We need millions of people doing it imperfectly. Number five, some small 2% shifts that you can change. Doing one meal a week vegan, getting a water bottle, using reusable paper towels or a dish towel. Those were some of the things that she had mentioned. They're small, they're obvious, and it's easy to do them. Number six, we are voting with our dollars. Making changes in where we buy will actually make quite a big difference. Number seven, one thing at a time. When in doubt, start small. Things don't happen overnight, remember. Number eight, you do not need to control everything. Number eight, you do not need to control everything. Number nine, follow people who inspire you. And number 10, for those small business and soon-to-be small business owners, self-promotion feels weird at the beginning. It's a skill. It's a muscle that will get better and easier and more fun over time. Thank you so much, Caitlin. I'm so happy I got to talk to you today. Y'all go follow at Greenity. I've also put the um, the link to her Instagram down below and go check her out. See if you can join one of the cooking classes if that's something that really floats your boat or keep an eye out for her vegan Isham guide that's coming out real, real soon. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode and I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Life Coach Baker podcast. Now, don't forget to go and get your free five-day mindset makeover by going to lifecoachbaker.com or by clicking the link in the show notes. Until then, I'll talk to you guys soon. Bye.